Why, hey there. Welcome to the Business of Ergonomics podcast. Today, we're talking about how not to fail at office ergonomics assessments. Welcome to the Business of Ergonomics podcast. I'm your host, Darcy Jeremy. I'm a board-certified professional ergonomist with over 15 years of experience delivering ergonomics programs to employers of all different types. In this podcast, I share what other healthcare professionals are already doing and being with ergonomics assessments and how to land those clients that you dream of. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode right now. I know, I know, it sounds like a really funny name for an episode, but I'm dead serious with this. If 2024 is your year to get started with office ergonomics assessments, then I am here to help you, my friend. You can go to ergonomicshelp.com slash begin. I have an awesome free training there for you with some super secrets of how you can get started in less time with office ergonomic assessments. But today, it's all about what you can put in place today and some fallacies to overcome if you want to get into office ergonomics assessments. I have five things not to do. Okay, so if you don't do any of these five things or you do the opposite of what I'm going to tell you, you should be successful at doing office ergonomics assessments. The first thing I want to tell you is that it is totally possible to get started doing office ergonomics assessments today. If you've never taken a course with it or if you've always wanted to get started with it, I want to encourage you to take some steps towards this because seriously, the way that our economy is going and the way that we're all looking to bring in more revenue for our family, you want to look at something like this because it's not a stretch for healthcare professionals to get started with this. Okay, so let's start with number one here. Talking about the five things to do to fail at office ergonomics assessments. The first thing is thinking that your undergrad course will have enough information for you to succeed in ergonomics. So like I mentioned, we're talking about school. It could be undergrad or graduate. From what I understand, for most people who are in the health professions, it could only be a lecture or two in your graduate health profession degree. One or two lectures. Many DPT programs have one course in ergonomics, and that is not enough to be considered an expert in this. No way, Jose. If you're serious about ergonomics and making money in this profession, which is totally possible, last week's episode I was talking about how much money an office ergonomics assessment can bring in, and it's anywhere between $300 to at least $1,000. You have to take this serious. Take a course, get a mentor, get some sort of action related to someone else who has had success with this. And speaking of courses, you can take my course called the Ergonomics Blueprint. It's the complete A to Z guide to do quality office ergonomics assessments in the office. Not only that, I give you time-saving copy and paste resources that will let you write reports in literally half the time. It's so good. And like I mentioned, if you want to get started with this today, I have a free gift for you. All you have to do is go to ergonomicshelp.com slash begin. Head there now if you want to do office ergonomics assessments in just the near future. Do it. You won't regret it. 
Getting trained in office ergonomics is so important. Not all courses are the same. You want to look for courses with instructors who have the CPE designation, just like me. CPE, that is the gold standard for ergonomic certification across the world because it's endorsed by the International Ergonomics Association. So look for that because that person who's designed that course has specific assurances to make sure that you're not wasting your time or learning something that is not effective. That would not be good for you or any of your clients because here's the thing that's really important. You can cause major damage to your client if you're putting in solutions that are not effective or you could be giving ergonomics a really bad reputation, really bad street cred in your city if you're not solving problems, but you're actually causing more problems at the workstations of the people that you're assessing. You have to be giving excellent solutions and providing excellent uh, activities to ensure that you are resolving the ergonomic risk. This is serious, very serious, you guys. So make sure that you have enough information at your fingertips to succeed in ergonomics, not only for simple ergonomics, but for complex ergonomics cases that you see in the office. Oh, so important. Because like I said, there's major money to be made here. The second thing, uh, if you want to fail ergonomics, this is what you want to do. Don't get a mentor. Do not get a mentor. Why? Theory versus application of ergonomics is completely different. Trust me, my friend, when I first got started with office ergonomics assessments, I was absolutely so pumped because I was coming off the heels of an undergrad education in kinesiology, and I took many, many ergonomics courses. In fact, for my honors thesis, it was in an industrial ergonomics setting. I was pumped about ergonomics. I was excited to get started. I landed an internship only to realize that I was way off what professionals were doing in the field. Thank goodness for that experience from a mentor because I learned what quality reports and services that industry needed that they did not teach me in school. Transitioning from ivory tower learnings that you get like from a course or um, from your undergrad to practical applications of theory is really what the industry cares about. That's how you make your money. Industry doesn't care about how well you can make a moment arm, cal- moment arm calculation. And you remember how to do that, right? The moment arm calculations, those are fun. We're talking about biomechanics. If you took any biomechanics courses in your undergrad, those are fun. They don't care about those. Us ergonomists, we care about those. They care if you can diagnose where the problem is and then follow suit with suitable recommendations that are appropriate and low cost, high impact. Mentors show you how to deliver that. Mentors also can give you one 
one-on-one coaching. Rest assured that when you see a complicated ergonomics risk, that you can check in with a mentor and get some strategies to reduce that risk. Or if you're landing an ergonomics risk assessment job that you've never done before, you can run back to your mentor, get some advice, and then take action that will be right so you actually assess the correct ergonomic risk. The best part is finding a mentor that's been in the industry for a while so they can surely help you out. And I get a lot of questions about finding the right mentor for you. So make sure you have a little checklist about finding the right mentors because there's a lot of folks out there offering courses, I believe, but not too many people offering mentorship. So if you want to get into this, make sure that you guys can connect and they provide coaching, that there's a CPE certification there. I'm really going to be writing home about that because it is so important that whoever you connect with about a mentorship with ergonomics has a certified professional ergonomist background so that you can actually be trained to be doing the right process when you're doing an ergonomics assessment. I know it seems obvious, but if you just do your due diligence and see who that person is and make sure that they actually have that background, you're going to be saving yourself so much trouble in the future. Okay, so that was the top two. The third thing that you need to look at if you don't want to fail at office ergonomics assessment is making sure that you don't focus on posture and stretches as solutions instead of fixing the ergonomic equipment setup. So I hope that makes sense there. The way to fail at ergonomics is to focus on posture and stretches as solutions instead of fixing the ergonomic equipment setup. So let's face it here. If you're trying to do office ergonomics assessments but are only focusing on stretching or posture, then you'll need to do some better research. If you're performing ergonomics assessments but only focusing on stretching, then it's like buying a car without a motor. What? Well, yeah, think about it. It looks awesome, a car looks awesome, but there's no substance to your solutions if you're just focusing on posture and stretching. Why? Well, you're not focusing on the big ticket issue in your client's workspace. The big ticket issue is engineering out the ergonomic risk. And if you're ignoring the engineering part or the equipment part and what that specific risk is related to the physical elements of that job and then changing that, then that person is going to be continually exposed to ergonomic risk. And there is literally no amount of correct postures, sitting up straight, or the correct stretching that that person can do to feel better at the end of the day. And that's why it's so important to be looking at the ergonomics courses taught by a certified professional ergonomist, because they're going to be telling you that there is a hierarchy of ergonomic solutions. There are engineering, administrative, behavioral, and personal protective equipment. The most valuable solutions out there will be engineering solutions. So what does that mean, engineering? Like I mentioned, it means engineering out the ergonomic risk. You can do that in an office workstation by adjusting what that person has on. So 
adjusting the chair, adjusting the height of the keyboard tray, looking at the height of the monitor, and other elements that that person is exposed to in their day-to-day work. Engineering is the most valuable solutions that you can offer. And spending most of your time on those types of solutions will not only do well for your client at feeling better at the end of the day, it will do wonders for your reputation as well. There's three more ergonomic solutions available here. So there's administrative, behavioral, and PPE. But I'm just going to be focusing on that engineering one because let's be honest, that is the most important thing here. And if it's the one thing that you take away from this message today to focus on engineering solutions when you're doing an ergonomic solution, and if you're going to be taking a course from someone, that there needs to be a focus on engineering types of solution. Do not take a stretching course about ergonomics and be the best ergonomic stretcher out there because that is an oxymoron, my friend, and you will not be doing your due diligence as someone doing ergonomics assessments. Okay, we're on number four. And are you still with me? I hope so because if you're looking at getting started at office ergonomics assessments, this is giving you some real clues at success because as I mentioned, this is something that is lucrative. You could be making some good cash with doing office ergonomics assessments, but you got to make sure that you're setting yourself up right. And another way to do this is how not to fail at ergonomics is to do continuous improvement. So if you want to fail at doing office ergonomics assessments is not doing continuous improvement. The industry is evolving. And you need to be providing the best possible solutions, right? If you have ever been witness to the types of solutions that are available in the office ergonomic environment, you know that there's new equipment in the office literally every month. And you have to keep on the ball. So you are recommending the most up-to-date solutions, equipment for your clients. We're looking at new chairs, new mice, keyboards, you name it. And as an ergonomics consultant, you have to stay on top of this. Not only the solutions you have to keep on top of, you have to look at the continuous literature that's coming up as well. As an ergonomic assessment consultant, do you ever look at the research? Well, you absolutely have to. If you don't read the literature, you're like you're running an old version of an app. You're out of date, you're not efficient. And people can tell that you're just not working the way that you should be. There's something wrong there. Staying on top of the literature is something that you should be investing in every month. Reading peer-reviewed journal articles to ensure that you are using the right strategies, the right process, the most up-to-date types of solutions that are going to be providing your clients the best possible outcomes. Because as I mentioned, this is all about providing excellent customer service and building a very good reputation. And you're not going to do that unless you do continuous improvement in solutions and literature. 
The next thing I want to talk about is near and dear to my heart. You can fail at ergonomics assessments if you take random ergonomics courses because you need CEUs and you don't actually care about offering ergonomics services. This is a waste of everyone's time. If you're taking random ergonomics courses just to get CEUs and not actually have any intent on offering ergonomic services ever, then I want you to just stop listening to this podcast right now. You are literally wasting your time with this. And I'm sorry if I'm being kind of cutthroat with this, but it's true. If you're not serious with ever taking any action on this, then I want to advise you to do something else with your time. This podcast is for people who are serious about getting into office ergonomics assessments or who are already doing office ergonomics assessments. What's even worse is taking a particular course because it already has CEUs associated with it are somewhat automated. There is value beyond CEUs. I take tons of courses that have no CEUs related to it. And if I do take a course that's related to ergonomics that do not have those automated CEUs with it, then I just submit it myself. Do you only care about CEUs or do you actually want to improve yourself and make more money? And take a good course with good results with a mentor that's going to help you get that result. There. I said it. I said it. I saved the best for last there, my friend. And I'm serious about that. (laughs) There you have it. Those are my five ways of how not to fail doing office ergonomics assessments. And if you are serious with moving forward, I would love to help you with getting started with office ergonomics assessments. I've helped hundreds of folks with office ergonomics assessments in my course called the Ergonomics Blueprint. I have some really great tips that you'll need when you get started with office ergonomics assessments. All you have to do is go to ergonomicshelp.com slash begin, and I would love to help you get started there. Just head to that training, and I have a way for us to work together at the end of that training. All right, I want to encourage you to take action with this because, as I mentioned, I think I say that a lot, but I'm serious with this, is that there has never been a better time for healthcare professionals to get started with office ergonomics assessments. I have seen it. There is a low supply but high demand for ergonomics assessments. And I would love to have you see success with that with my help. Until next week, my friend, I hope you have an excellent week and I'll talk to you soon. You can get started with office ergonomics assessments today. Healthcare professionals are seeing the potential and opportunity to add office ergonomics assessments to their practice and services. Go to ergonomicshelp.com slash begin to get the exact seven-step process that works so that you can get started today without the confusion or overwhelm. Just head to ergonomicshelp.com slash begin now.